Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Toddcast, The Teacher Podcast, an informative podcast that explores a variety of teaching and educational experiences while still offering insights into improving and upskilling teachers. Join your host, Todd Broadbent, as he explores the wide and varied lives of educators from every sector, exploring fundamental concepts that are pivotal to good teaching, while also discussing the lighter side of the educational sector. Welcome to the Toddcast, the teacher podcast. For the 15th episode of the Toddcast, the teacher podcast, I've had the privilege of interviewing graduate teacher Tom Bruin who is in his second year of teaching in remote northern Queensland. Tom has had various teaching experiences in his teaching career to date and is currently teaching secondary mathematics and IT. Throughout this episode, Tom will be sharing his educational journey, the reason why he decided to teach up in remote northern Australia, certain areas of the curriculum that require extra attention based on their location and community, and openly sharing the challenges of teaching in his first year and advice for others feeling in the same position as him and so much more. Unfortunately, during recording, a storm was going through Bendigo. So at some points during this episode, reception isn't as clear as it normally is, which I really apologize for, but I still hope you really enjoy this episode. G'day, Tom. Welcome to the Toddcast, the Teacher Podcast. How are you? Yeah, going well. Um, been home for a couple of hours, just relaxing, trying to keep out of the heat. It's about 35 degrees in Doomagy at the moment. Yes, yes. I feel it's about 30 here, so kind of feeling like you, but I guess the humidity is quite high there. Yeah, it really depends because we have kind of the monsoon season. So um, depending on if there's a monsoon coming through, it can either be really dry or really humid. Yeah, excellent. Well, it's great to have you on the Toddcast today and get a bit of a different perspective. You're teaching in a remote uh, up north in a remote area. So it's great to get a bit of a different perspective today on the Toddcast. So yeah, great to have you on today. Yeah, thank you for having me. We'll get underway. Have you got a little highlight of the day? Highlight of today of any day that I have? Oh, it can be any day or particularly today, if you had something that went was really great for you. Oh, I don't know. I did. Um, I think you posted about um, some mathematics teachers that you that you did a podcast with a couple weeks ago. Yes. Um, so I actually did their PD a couple of days ago on um, place value. And I've been implementing some of their games in my high school classes for maths and they've been going great. So that's probably a highlight of the day. Oh, that's awesome to hear. So, uh, yeah, Rob and Mike will be very happy to uh, to hear that. I'll have to uh, let them know. So that's awesome to hear. They're great, yeah. uh, great PDs. I did one, yeah, a week ago as well with the prep to uh, two one. It was fantastic. So, no, that's awesome to hear. Yeah. And going back to when you were a student, Tom, what were you like? What was I like? I don't know, Todd, you were my um, volleyball coach. You probably have a bit of an insight to what I was like. I didn't, I didn't have much motivation to do work, I think. I, um, I always loved mathematics because it kind of clicked in my head. Always struggled with English a bit. I was never a really outrageous kid. Um, like I, I like to impress the teacher. I wouldn't go astray too far. But, yeah, I kind of I was plodding along in the middle. Wasn't too motivated but wasn't um, unmotivated, yeah. Loved my sport. Probably that was the main thing that I liked doing during school. 
Yeah, excellent. Well, I was very privileged enough to coach you. So, no, you're always fantastic to coach Tommy. So, uh, yes, you, you ticked all the boxes there. So, well done. <laughs> and did you have a favourite moment from school, primary or secondary? Can you remember any? Favourite moment from school? Um, I mean, one of my, like, honest, I love school national cup with volleyball going to that every um year was a big highlight with all the 200 schools coming together that was uh, something looking back on school that was seemed like such an incredible thing and then i also remember in primary school my grade three teacher miss cotter she when i at the end of the year she said the sky is the limit for me and i know that's just something that's always stuck in my head yeah no that's that's awesome to hear no i think it's probably something that you try and instill it with your students that you teach, like those kind of comments that do stick, they do stick in kids' minds and students' minds. So no, that's wonderful. Yeah. So can you tell me about yourself, how long you've been teaching for and what your current position is at your school that you're at? Um, yeah, so I've been teaching at Dumaji State School. So we're in the Gulf of Carpentera for about the last um, I'll be two years in the middle of the year. So I was a graduate teacher, went straight out remote. I'm currently the high school teacher, the high school math teacher, but I also teach digital technologies, literacy and geography 910. Um, and last year I was teaching the grade fives, but because it's um, a lot different ability levels in the remote community where you can have primary school teachers go into the high school and teach there. Um, yeah, it's a lot more of a relationships-based approach and a lot more foundational knowledges that we're teaching in high school at the moment. Yeah, fantastic. And have you enjoyed in that two years having all those different experiences so far? Yeah, for sure. I've, um, yeah, I've loved being in Dumaji. It's a real, um, it's, from what I've heard from people who have taught in metro schools, it's very um, a lot more community based. So we'll have barbecues after school, and um, you're seeing kids kids live across the road from you. Um, you see them in the street all the time. Yeah, it's a very different um, style of teaching. Like you're very much integrated within the community. You you don't come. You don't do nine to five. It's kind of the whole vibe. Yeah. Yeah. And as you were kind of mentioning before, it's that that whole school kind of relationship that's with the family it's and in the community, as you're saying. So it's a very much relationship building aspect, isn't it? Yeah. Like we we can't always access um, parents or carers phones. So we often will at least once a week we'll drive into the community and um, beep out the front of our students' houses and have a chat with their families that way. That's kind of our way of making contact with the parents. Yeah, awesome. And why did you decide to become a teacher? Why did I decide to become a teacher? I never wanted to be a teacher. Um, I, yeah, my mum's a teacher, obviously, and I have a lot of teachers in my family. Um, so I was sworn against doing teaching. Um, but I... We had a keen interest in um, kind of people less fortunate than myself. So I went to Papua New Guinea when I was in grade six with my family, kind of opened my eyes to a different world and that kind of reframed my worldview. Um, so out of high school, I um, went to live in Canada for a year 
and worked at a summer camp there just doing um, sports games and that sort of thing for six months and then came back to do uni for international development which is kind of working for non-for-profit organizations um, United Nations that sort of thing but very quickly realized that uh, you, you need a skill to work within the sector of development so then um, I really enjoyed working in the summer camp in Canada so I thought teaching could maybe be that skill that I used to work within the development sector. And here I am in Doomagy. Yeah, awesome. Now that's a great little story. Like it's gone, started off at a different spot and then and yeah, you've made your way into teaching. I think that's awesome. That's great to see. Yeah. And I think you're doing a great job up there and being involved in that community. Um, you're doing a wonderful job. So good on you for that as well. Yeah, thank you. Did you have any teachers, and you kind of mentioned this before, did you have any teachers throughout your schooling that really inspired you? Yeah, so I guess Miss Cotter in grade three, she said those kind of inspirational comments that stuck with me. High school, I don't know, I love all my high school teachers during VCE. Um, I've never been that stressed of a person, so I, I would study, but I just love the kind of social aspect of hanging out with um, the teachers in year 11 and 12 and enjoyed the subjects. I didn't ace high school. I did a good job and don't have, I never had too much anxiety where I hear a lot of kids do have anxiety during VCE. So I thought I had a pretty good high school and yeah, really enjoyed basically all of my high school teachers. I remember yeah, loving high school generally. Yeah. Beautiful. That's what you want. And I guess it's showing that those teachers really took a keen interest in you, inspired you, wanted, wanted you to do really well, built those relationships and yeah, believed in you, as you were saying there. So that's awesome. Yeah. And what was the reason that you decided that you wanted to go teach up in Northern remote Australia? Yeah. So I guess I kind of alluded to that before how I had a keen interest in development. So I wanted, when I was at uni, I tried to take every opportunity to do um, kind of alternate placements so I um, organised a placement within the Tiwi Islands. Um, Ashby Smith, his dad used to work in the Tiwi Islands. So I got onto the principal of the Tiwi Islands and then they approved me to be able to um, do a placement up there. And then I ran it through the um, uni. Um, I also did a prac in the Solomon Islands for a month. Um, so I really tried to work in kind of ESL environments and um, yeah, get into different cultural environments as well. So from the start in uni, that's kind of what drove me towards wanting to go remote. And then I, after doing those placements, I knew that it was something that I wanted to do. So as soon as I graduated and was doing my GTPA, I um, started applying for remote schools all around Australia. Yeah, ended up deciding Doomagee. Yeah. Awesome. And did you really love those pracs that you had and those opportunities to go a little bit remote and do something a little bit different to probably a lot of what a lot of uni students would have done with a lot of the schools around their area or they wouldn't have traveled too far away? Yeah. Yeah. It was incredible. Like I got to fly into um, Darwin and then take the barge across to the islands. I got to um, go out fishing with the locals and caught a big 93 centimeter barra for about the first time fishing in my life. So um, yeah, you just got, that's kind of why I enjoy teaching it to see different um, cultures and be integrated within different worlds. So I really loved seeing different worlds through that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. 
And do you find your job extremely rewarding? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think I could be here just for the money. Like I have to be here for the enjoyment of it, the community. Um, it's a very young group of teachers that we've got here. A lot of people, especially in the Queensland system, if you do two years remote, you can then get a priority transfer to anywhere in Queensland. So a lot of people do that out of graduation to get somewhere else, but the average age is probably around 28. So we kind of become like a mini family in Doomidji. We go out camping on the weekends, go out, um, go to the pub. I don't know, like we, we catch up for dinners all the time. So the school becomes your family. And I, yeah, I love that. Well, what was the question again? I've missed the No, no, you're doing a great job. I said, yeah, do you find your job really rewarding getting to work with the, the different students that you're getting to work with as well? Yeah, and yeah, always working with the students is extremely rewarding, especially like because it is more community oriented. So you're doing those barbecues and you develop those relationships with the families and the kids. Um, it definitely has its challenges, but as long as you've got a good safety net and we've got our kind of little family here, it's, um, yeah, it's great. I love it. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. And I think that's the... Uh... I think that's a great thing that we've got people up there that are really interested and passionate in doing that. And you are definitely one of those. That's awesome. So talking about your location and where you are, and do you have to really focus on certain areas of the curriculum that you really need to focus on to assist in the students' development? I know you mentioned a couple before, but is there certain areas of the curriculum that you probably need to focus on a little bit more based on the area that you're living at the moment? Yeah, so I think that, Two main ones, the school's kind of priority is language and literacy because if the students can't read and write, then they're not going to be able to do any access any of the curriculum. So that's a big priority of the school. We've um, done lots of PD on teaching um, language and literacy effectively and um, we're doing a lot of data tracking with that, so formative and summative assessment and um, trying to make a love of reading in the school. So doing fluency reading in the mornings and creating a culture around that. And then um, what I probably think the most important is um, taking a kind of trauma-aware approach because a lot of these kids don't have, well, they, they have great lives, but they have troubles that can cause trauma in their life. And there's a lot of research coming out now that um, is displaying how these adverse childhood experiences can impact the brain and impacts their, their working memory. So if they're not able to access their working memory, if they're seeing everything as a threat in the classroom, then they're not gonna be able to access their frontal lobe and actually be able to learn in the classroom. So there's a lot of focus on creating a welcoming space within the classroom trying to create those connections with their kids and developing explicit development of strategies that students can use. So rather than fighting each other, like, like what can we do? We can first speak to a teacher, we can take deep breaths. So really explicit. So every week we do explicit lessons on strategies and um, managing their own behaviors which is important for all children, but especially in children that are trauma aware, they have this kind of smaller gap of opportunity if, um, 
if they have a bit of a heightened experience, then they can go into a crisis situation much quicker. Yeah, yeah. so that's something I'm, I'm very passionate about, yeah. Yeah, yeah, extremely fascinating. Thanks for sharing all that. And I guess as you're kind of saying, it's that real well-being focus as well. You're trying to tick things off in the curriculum area, like your literacy and your numeracy and all that. But that well-being is such a critical component of any student and particularly in your area as well. So no, yeah, thanks for sharing all that. And what would you say the best part of teaching in a remote community would be, Tom? Um, the best part of teaching. Yeah, I guess it's the whole it's the whole package of the teaching. You have the you have the young teachers that we create a good community with. You have the relationships with the children, which is a lot more personal, say, than a metro school. And you're meeting them in the street and seeing them walking around it, and you're going for swims in the river with them, and you're interacting with the parents, and just being it's a privilege to be a part of. Um, the Gunga leader culture, like not many people would have the opportunity to actually live in a remote community. So the fact that I come in a remote community is a, a privilege. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. And what would you say the most challenging part of teaching in a, in a remote community would be then? Last year, I definitely had my challenges. <laughs> so we do have two teachers in, a, in all of the primary school classrooms. So it kind of allows one teacher to be teaching the curriculum, but then a second teacher to be kind of behaviour managing. And it's, it's like you're constantly putting out spot fires. And there's some classes that are more challenging than others. And I um, definitely had one of the more challenging classes last year. And that kind of compounding with that being my first classroom experience, yeah, just yeah, the challenging class with my first teaching experience, it kind of um, got to a place where I didn't have any control in the classroom. So I was coming into a classroom every day where kids were walking in and out of the door. There was fights in the classroom. So that I kind of went into a state of anxiety. I was waking up every day, very tired. And that, yeah, that was very challenging. I, I got the help that I needed. The principal brought in someone that was able to reset the classroom, set new expectations. And after that, the second half of the year was a lot um, better. It was still challenging. And I had a good support network. I was able to reach out to people. So I guess there can be more behavioural issues in the school, but there's a lot of support that you can tap into. And there's a lot of people experiencing the same thing. So it's about kind of getting around each other and um, yeah, coming up with strategies. Yeah. Yeah, wonderful. And I think going back to when I was a grad and I know a lot of grades that I talked to and still now, like that behaviour management is the most challenging part of being a teacher, I think. Like sometimes it'll work one day and then the next day that strategy hasn't worked. You've got to think of multiple ones and you've got to be on your feet a little bit and you never know. We're dealing with people and humans, so they're unpredictable. So you never yeah. know kind of what's going to happen each day and each day is always different. So I think a lot of people would understand with everything you're saying there about that behaviour management being a challenging thing. And I think you've had some extreme situations there and, and I know a lot of other people who have had similar kind of things as well. So it is a very challenging thing. So yeah, thank you for being really open there. Yeah. And I, or just one more thing. Um, I guess another part of the challenging experience is some um, like you're very remote. So if you're not, 
I guess you need to find your place where you work within the community and your friends, but uh, there is some people who come in and they don't kind of find that connection, which can be really challenging for them because you, you need to be able to be supported by the people around you and you're far away from your family. Something that I've never really found difficult to be away from everyone else. I'm happy doing my own thing, but I know that's a very challenging thing for people. Yeah, awesome. And you've been quite open. You kind of mentioned that before, but you've been openly sharing that your first year of teaching was, yeah, extremely challenging and it took a toll on you. Um, can you share a little bit more? You, you were mentioning that before, but can you share a little bit more about that? Yeah, so, yeah, it was just a very challenging class. Yeah, I, I had no control over the class. And I guess it kind of compounds once you get into this kind of um, state or fright or flight. And because um, we also feed the kids at the school and um, we don't always have cleaners. So then food was getting in the classroom and then after a challenging day, then having to clean the classroom. So then with my state of fright and flight, um, I probably became lazier to that. And then it just kind of compounded. So the classroom got dirtier. Um, I didn't have the kind of energy to... Um, to plan properly so my lessons weren't becoming as good and then my confidence was shot and then and students are absolute geniuses of behavior so they know when your confidence shot yeah so yeah it just kind of compounds as I said they the principal was good friends with someone who was a kind of um school consultant for challenging students so she came in and we basically set up a whole new classroom and she basically took over for a couple of days, set expectations, set goals for the kids um, and modelled to me, which was a really good way. It wasn't kind of shaming me in um, that I wasn't doing a good job. It was kind of pulling me along and um, showing me this is how we can do things better. So she was helping me scrub the tables and clean the room. Like she was getting there and helping me. So she was an incredible mentor for me to help me get back on my feet. I was going to say, it'd be great just to have someone that you can watch in your classroom and observe that compared to being just told you actually got to see it fully in action. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can get told a lot of things, but when you're in that kind of state of shock, it's hard to implement. Yeah, and then you were kind of saying that your anxiety was kind of building up. And then how did you look after yourself and your mental health during that time? And how do you do that now as well? Yeah, so I guess it got to a point where I was thinking of leaving Dumaji if things didn't get better. So I that's when I've always been an advocate for kind of open communication with people. Like I, the way I deal with my problems is I talk to people. I'll talk to 10 different friends to my family and get their kind of gauge on what I should do in my life and see how that resonates with me. So, yeah, I was kind of talking to my parents, which was challenging, um, the, telling them that it was challenging and they were um, being supportive of me and talking to the principal, obviously. So she um, then had organised that person to come in and help me. Teachers at the school had um, come in and modelled in the classroom for me as well. Um, yeah, I had a lot of people checking in with me, which I think helped me get through to the other end, which was really important, I think, if I left when it was all terrible it would have been harder going to another school and now that I'm through the end of it I definitely have a lot more of um, a gain 
from it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the great thing about you is that you were nice and open about it. You weren't afraid to go and talk to people, which a lot of people do hold that kind of thing in. So I think it's, yeah, credit to you to being so open and, and asking for help. Like it, that is a challenging thing to do sometimes with your mental health or your work or whatever it might be. But yeah, credit to you for being so open in going and asking for help. So well done for that. And I think the great thing was you had some really great support networks that have been able to yeah, help you and support you and help you in your life, but then also help you become a better teacher as well. Yeah. And I think it's an important thing to talk about because I think a lot of beginning teachers go through that, even just talking with the friends, a lot of beginning teachers go through pretty tough times. So you don't want it to be shunned. You want people to be open about it. Yeah. And you're training for a bit of a run coming up at the moment. Is that right? Yeah, so training for a half marathon, thought I'd get the runners back on. Um, so yeah, the Gold Coast half marathon on the 7th of, oh, on the 3rd or 2nd of July. Yeah, I've, I've been, my running has been very um, on and off. So this is a good um, challenge to keep me a bit more consistent with my training. But yeah, also I was raising awareness, a great opportunity to raise awareness for Beyond Blue, which is also a resource online that people um, can look at if they've got or are feeling anxious or depressed. Um, they have a hotline that lets people call in 24-7 if they want to speak to a counsellor and uh, lots of great resources. So I'll be kind of doing a weekly post on um, resources that you can use from Beyond Blue and just general information about anxiety and depression. Yeah, good on you, Tommy. Well done. And advice for teachers or educators who were in a kind of similar position to you, if there's anyone that's in a similar position, what would you say for them to do? Don't feel like you're being silly. Like just have those trusted people in your life and talk to them about how you're feeling. Like no feelings are invalid. Um, I feel like once you start talking with someone, um, it's a it's a burden off your shoulders it allows them to then support you and it allows you to kind of get through or doesn't always allow you to get through the feelings but allows you to acknowledge them which I think is really important um and I always think professionals as well like reaching out to counsellors um I've done it plenty of times um and there's no shame in that like people go through mental health issues all the time. And if a professional can help you, they might not, but they can give you a different perspective or give you strategies that might or might not work, but it's just about trying to work through it, I guess. Yeah, awesome, no, great advice. I think for me, like work can add on to it and you can always have a list and it keeps building, it keeps getting bigger and bigger. And I think it's really important you've got those outside connections as well. So if it's sport or if it's running or it's, a community group that you're doing or something else I think it's really important to be able to get away from work and have that opportunity just to forget about it reset for the next day and have those other things that you really have a passion for or really enjoy doing as well I think they're really important yeah we um we have a bit of a rule it's called good vibes in Doomaji so outside of school we're not allowed to talk about school <laughs> Yeah, love that. And I think for you guys, it would be challenging in that regard if you didn't have something like that because you're all kind of connected and do things together and you see the kids. So it would be challenging not to talk about school. So I think that's a great idea to have, the, to have that in yeah. play. <laughs> 
So would you have any extra advice for graduate teachers kind of starting their career and they're thinking of maybe doing something similar to you and teaching remote? Do you have any advice for them to how they go about it or strategies to help them with their teaching career in that regard? Yeah, I, my advice would be just give it a go, give it a crack. Um, if all else fails, you can just go back home. It's an incredible opportunity to get out somewhere. There's plenty of incentives, more money, um, accommodation, electricity, subsidised. Like, yeah, if anything, it's just an opportunity to take. You can get into leadership positions a lot quicker if that's what you're looking for. But it's, um, yeah, it's an opportunity to see a different part of the world or Australia. Yeah, just give it a give it a go. There's plenty of jobs around in remote communities, always looking for passionate teachers. It's a very good job to do when you're younger because um, you need that kind of extra energy with the kids out remote um, because you're doing all those extra community things. Yeah, give it a go. That's what I would say. <laughs> yeah, awesome. And then how would teachers or uni students, how would they go about finding jobs in remote area? Have you got any ideas of how to be able to do that and put themselves out there to be able to find those opportunities? Yeah, so I, um, I, applied, I applied through a different way, a couple of different ways. I just looked up remote teaching jobs Australia in Google um, and there's those kind of seek websites and um, I forget there's another one that's similar to seek but that lists some um, kind of independent and catholic school jobs so if you just kind of put the tagline of remote australia and then i also applied through the state school system so in new south wales queensland nt and wa they've got kind of their you can apply to different regions so you do an application with them and then the hr notify you if there's a job in the region that you've applied for so that's how I ended up getting a job in Dumaji through the um, state school system. They kind of flagged Dumaji with me. Yeah, there's no shortage of remote jobs. I've got offered five different remote jobs across NT and Queensland. Yeah, awesome. And it's something you're in your second year now. Is it something you want to keep doing in the future, staying remote? Yeah, for sure. I think I want to do it for a couple more years at least um, just to develop my teaching there's also the there's a four-year incentive of working remote that you get your um, hex debt wiped so that's a pretty good incentive I'm already halfway there so I may as well go the other half yeah it's kind of I, I might not go four years it depends it's, it's something that you really have to take a year at a time a half a year at a time because of the high turnover rate of teachers so the dynamics are constantly changing so I'm only going to stay here as long as I feel comfortable here for but yeah I guess just year by year at this point yeah wonderful no I think uh credit to you for giving a really good go I know I was kind of following you with your pracs when you were doing those and then yeah followed that you've gone up into remote uh, northern Queensland so yeah good on you for uh for doing that I think you were sharing before we started the the podcast that you're uh, kind of locked in at the moment do you want to share a little bit about that yeah so Dumaji's across the um, wetlands up in the Gulf of Carpentera so from about January to around about now um, we've been flooded in which means that there's two shops in Dumaji there's the bakery which isn't really a bakery there's hot chips and there's the um, shop 
which is kind of like a super IGA, which has had very limited supplies about milk, eggs, some veggies and some frozen meat. So we've been completely flooded in. So lots of um, walks after school. It's been great for the running motivation, lots of running. We've had a couple of board game nights, but um, yeah, really tests your creativity and what you can do when you're stuck in one place. I guess it's what a lot of people probably have done during um, COVID being isolated by themselves in their homes. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like a lot of people listening would uh, understand how you kind of feel with all the lockdowns we've had recently. So we have a bit yeah. of understanding there. So no, hopefully the floods uh, disappear soon and then you can uh, get out and about a bit more. Yeah, well, the, yeah, the rivers are down as of today. So the roads open, so maybe out to a camping trip on the river in a couple of years. Yeah, beautiful. Sounds great. Uh, we're going to finish with a little game. This is called One Word with Todd. So just a little word association game. So I'm just going to say a word and the first thing that comes to your mind. Happy to play that, Tom? Yeah, let's go for it. Beautiful. First one is, teachers normally go for this one, but we'll see with you. Coffee. What's the first thing that comes to your mind with coffee? Uh, Friday. We, um, we do Friday morning coffees. We've got a, a barista machine in the school. So we, there's no barista coffee in Doomadgy. So every Friday, a um, couple of teachers make coffees for the rest of the staff. Beautiful. Much needed. First thing that comes to mind when I say teaching? An opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Uh, staff meeting? Uh, long. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, staff room? Dead. The staff room's been dead as of lately. People, last year there was a lot of um, staff who went and had lunch in the staff room, but this year everyone's kind of keeping to their classrooms at the moment. Well, fingers crossed you might get back together a little bit more mingling, we'll see. Fingers crossed for you yeah. there. Reports? Painful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, school holidays? Oh, getting out. Yeah. Yeah. Every every school holidays, we generally get out of Dumaji. So, um, yeah, the last holiday I went to Gold Coast, the holidays before that, I went to Darwin, the holidays before that, I went to the Atherton Tablelands. So, lots of opportunity to travel. Yeah. Beautiful. Love that. Yeah. Getting to see all around Australia there. So, that's fantastic. So, that's what they're for. Yeah. And last one uh, professional development. Uh, trauma-aware education. Yeah, I've um, I recently finished my graduate certificate in trauma-aware education, something that I'm passionate about. Yeah, wonderful. As you were kind of saying, yeah, very fascinating. I was lucky enough to do a two-day PD in trauma and, yeah, just found it extremely fascinating and took a lot out of it and, yeah, just puts a few things into perspective as a teacher in that regard. So, yeah, good on you for... For doing that as well i think it's a really important area that needs to be looked at for for teachers for sure and that's the end of the game i'm going to say well done very quick sharp answers and explained uh, a little bit as well when you needed to so no well done there tommy i'll give you uh give you the win there well done oh, thank you <laughs> and it's been awesome having you on the podcast today i've learned heaps as i said i get to follow kind of what you're doing and i love seeing all your photos and stuff you're doing at your school and all that kind of thing and you've sent some messages about some of the things you're doing at uh, at your school and 
seeing some of our resources and using some of those. So um, good on you for the job that you're you're doing up there. Um, credit to you going up into remote area and teaching up there. So but thank you so much for coming on the podcast and, and sharing all your thoughts and ideas and your experiences and, and, and being so open as well about the troubles that you've had. A lot of people would hold that back, but I love that you've been really open in sharing that. And I know a lot of other people would be maybe feeling similar way to you and, and being open and sharing this in the podcast. I've really appreciated it. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to speak on the podcast. No, absolute privilege to have you on. Good luck getting out uh, from the flood areas. Enjoy a bit of camping this weekend. And um, I look forward to catching up with you really soon, Tommy. Yeah, thanks, Doddy. Have a good one. Awesome. I'll see you later. See ya. And that is the end of the 15th episode of the Toddcast, the Teacher Podcast. Hopefully you really enjoyed having Tommy come on today and sharing his experiences up in remote northern Queensland. I learned heaps along the way as well, and I loved how open and honest he was about the struggles as well. So I look forward to you joining me again in a couple of weeks' time for the 16th episode. See you later.